Welcome to another episode of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Well, welcome to the Week Pastors Podcast. We're so grateful that you have joined us today. Sua, how you doing? I am doing well as usual. How are you doing? You always have you ever had like a real bad day where you where you would actually say, I'm not doing well today? You know what? I feel like I'm trying to think if I've ever, if someone's ever asked me like, how are you? And I was like, really bad because it's such an American thing to say, yeah. how are you? Great. How are you? Great. Yeah. You know, nobody really wants an answer to that yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you just said like, how are you doing? Did you really want me to go into the details of all of the terrible things that are happening? It was more like a greeting, right? Yeah. But you're smiling. It seems like things are going well. There's some terrible things that are happening right now in your life that you need to talk about. Not no now <laughs> okay now. okay well well we're gonna talk about a very good topic today we're gonna talk about sex baby Let's <laughs> talk about you and me anyway <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get a sued for copyright uh yeah yeah so we're gonna talk a little bit about sex i think it's important to just talk about that a bit but before we do that sue i believe you have a question today i do have a question yes. um and i feel a lot of pressure because every time i bring a question you say it's not good enough or as good as your it's, questions it's too pc but anyway yeah go for it's it a, i mean it's a little pc it's okay. a little pc mine is um, not pc I mean, I could have really taken it to the rated R, but I don't think we're going to do that right okay. now. Um, okay. I was going to ask you, right? Yeah. Do you? Ha I was recently having dinner with some of my friends, and I realized we all have this. And so you, if you don't have one, you are the anomaly. Okay? okay. Do you have a recurring dream that you have all the time? Like, it just keeps happening. Or like a nightmare. See, I could have made a rated R and said, do you have a recurring sex dream? But I will not ask you that. I will not. Because <laughs> we don't want to know. Okay, that's between you and your fantasies. Yeah, okay? yeah. Um, do you have one? Do you want me to go I first? Don't, I don't. You don't, I don't have a recurring dream? What is wrong dreams. with you? So uh, I barely remember any dreams. But but when I do have dreams, um, I, don't, I don't have recurring dreams. Okay, do you do have not. any like really strange dreams that you remember from the past... I, I had a very prophetic dream once and I actually oh. wrote about it because I had, I had about it, it. It was so powerful. I actually, I actually wrote, I typed it up and just, I was just like, you, Peter, you cannot forget this. What was you it? You know what? I don't remember, but, but, oh I, my but, God. but I'll Are pull you, it up right you now. You have this life changing no, no. prophetic was, dream and you don't remember? This was back in 2017, oh, August know, 29th, okay, 2017. Okay, first of all, I thought you were going to be like, this was back in 1983. <laughs> 2017 is like five years ago. Come on. Oh my God. This thing is so long. Oh my okay, Lord. Forget it. Forget this it. We, we don't this is a know. crazy dream. It's a, it's a dream. Yeah. You this you have this amazing prophetic dream and you literally need to pull up your notes to remember yeah, the gist you of know, it. I'm sorry, my my. You uh, are a very special well, person. No, it, it wasn't like no no no. It wasn't like a like a profound prophetic Peter. You will do this or whatever. It was just a dream. Like that a just vision. It was like a yeah, vision. Yeah, it was just something about my mom and things like that. And it was just an interesting dream. I'm reading it and I can't. I gotta actually read it to remember. But well, I, I just I don't remember. I it. did That's have a recent problem. dream. I hope it's not a prophetic dream. I had a dream where it was literally in the past two weeks. Did I talk about this already? I just thought no. it was so funny. I thought I talked about this in my dream. In this dream, um, a woman was praying for me and she said she was a prophet and she was praying for me. And she told me that John and I were going to serve like you, our last years, we were going to be in a missions field. And I said to this woman in my dream, I said, mm, that's not going to work because my husband is an introvert and he doesn't like meeting mm -hmm. new people. So sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> 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 I'm like John. Don't ever say I don't think about you. I think about oh you even in my Lord. dreams. Yeah, I said sorry. I can't. I can't fulfill this prophecy. I can't accept this mission because my husband is an introvert, and missionaries need to meet people all the time, and we can't. So, do that. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to be honest. I, I think. I think <laughs> God wants you to be a missionary. I mean, we've had a couple episodes where you have talked about this. And I think there's a deep-seated fear, but I think uh, I think John is going to be John and you going to the mission field, and John's going to be an orthopedic surgeon gonna, in the mission field somewhere. No, but, okay, well, let me tell you my recurring nightmare, right, because recurring I cannot dream? believe you don't have one. Um, I... I have a recurring dream. It's always the same, very... It's like a variation of the same exact thing. The core okay. is the same, which okay. is that I'm either in high school or in college or in graduate school, and I don't know where I'm going. And so I don't have my syllabus, like I don't know which class I have next, and I'm panicking. And it's always the same thing. I've had this dream since high That's school. That's because... You're, you're such an organized, you're Jay and you're Myers-Briggs and like you cannot live in this organization. But it's, and then it's so sad because they always, 
it's so ridiculous because sometimes I'm in high school, sometimes I'm in college, but it's the same exact thing is that I'm trying to find a computer station so that I can figure out which, where I'm supposed to go to my class next, but I don't you know. know. You know, I'm not, I, I can't say I'm Joseph from the Bible, but I think I could interpret that dream. I think I know what that dream means. Oh gosh, what is it? You, you want to know? I mean, I is should charge you for bad? This. Is this it something is really bad? Is it something bad? This is really, oh, okay, I, I think, tell me. I think, I think the spirit just wisdom. spoke to me right now. Okay. And um, Reveal because to me you're the my wisdom. friend, because you're the EP, this is for free for you, okay? Okay, thank you. I, I appreciate think, it. I think you find too much of your identity in your grades. <laughs> Okay, if that were true, I would be terrible because I did not get that good grades. Oh, Sua, Sua. All right, let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten an F in your life in anything? A test? No, anything? that's you abominable. See, I'm an Asian. Is, I don't get Fs. This is why you have these dreams because you probably are definitely afraid that you're going to fail and academically you've always succeeded. Well, so you, you know have what? these genes. I do have dreams. a slight variation to one of them is that... <laughs> It's the middle of the semester and I have forgotten to go to my math class all year. <laughs> it's always school wait, wait. related. All right. all right. So, Sue, I want you to be very vulnerable. What did you get on your SATs again? I remember I almost fell off my chair no, when I you said, okay. I, you said I didn't do that good. I'm like, Hold okay, on. then what did you We're get on your We're not going to put a number on this, but can I no, just say, put a no, 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 no. I need, I, need to, I need to make this very, very clear. I realized after moving to Ohio that the East Coast, Bergen County schools where I grew up were extremely... <laughs> A bubble and i say this because Stop i was to... i felt like no so listen i felt like a failure out of my social oh, group my God. Oh, because all my friends got, got perfect got. no all my friends got perfect scores on their SAT. Okay. <laughs> i had one friend jessica lee if you're listening she the first time she took her sat she got a oh 50 my... 70 out of a 1600 oh her mom gosh. yelled at her her mom yelled oh. at her for getting a 1570 okay, okay. So then she ended up the second time getting a 1600. Um, so I was the worst out of all of my friends. Yeah, I went to the I worst okay, school. Yeah, you, you, you I got so the worst dumb. grades. Right. Yeah, what did you get? What did you get? No, your I'm, not talking, I'm gonna no, pour it I'm out because I know what you got. No, I'm not gonna. No, shh. But my point no, is, so can I? Can I just please let me just no, share with our audience? No, please. no, it's gonna make people stumble, and it's not good. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. In my group of friends, it's all relative, right? Okay. In my group of friends, I was not the smart one, like for sure. All right. So that's relative. So here, here's the reality. All right. So, so let's just get raw and real. So, so I, I can't share with you Sue's SAT score, but what I will say with you is this: it's less than fifteen hundred, and it's higher than thirteen hundred. Okay. Come on. See, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. To get to be actually considered smart, you should have at least a fifteen. Oh my God! All right. So, um, so, so, audience, you need to know this. Okay, you need to know this. Like Sue shared this with me one day in her office. I almost fell off the ground. Okay, because I'm gonna share with you now. You guys are all gonna judge me, and Sue, listen. For you to say I'm not that smart because your SAT was this. Okay, but remember, SATs became much bigger of an, a deal no, as the years listen, progressed. Okay, I got, I don't know exactly what I got, but my SAT was in the 800s, 800s. I got Wait, athlete. I, no, out of 1600? Out of 1600, no. it was in the 800s. That's not possible. You get 300 it's, for writing your name. Yes, and I got, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly. I, I got eight something, eight something. I don't know There's what I no got. There's no way. There is no way. Sua, I'm telling you, no, there is there a way. No, there is no way. I'm sorry. Sua, There's no way. There, I am not lying. You can't go I to wish. college. You can't Sua, go to college with an 800. I wish, I was, I wish, Sua, I was an EOF child. What does that even mean? See, you don't even know. I was an equal opportunity fund, uh, 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 fund child. What whatever. does that mean? I qualified for EOF because my family was so poor. I qualified for this. So basically what happened was they're saying that he couldn't do well in school because his family was poor. They were struggling at home. And what? as a result, his grades aren't good. So that's how I got into college. I got, Is I was this an a EOF real thing? Child. It's a real thing. If you're Is it poor, still a thing? It's still a thing. If you are poor, you can be an EOF student. And I was an EOF. That's why my college was pretty much all paid for because okay, listen, I was an e EOF. I'm not, I don't want to sound like a tone deaf, out of touch person, but I think a lot of these things really are um, rel like it's relative to your social group. That's you right. Know? And okay. so okay. I yeah. feel my, like right. because I, of I, my I group of friends, friends who yeah. Got 800s on their SAT. Right. So my group of friends, everybody did better than me like every single person and so but i'm telling you it recalibrated when i came to ohio because um <laughs> the standards are very different here you know and i'm not saying it's worse because to be honest i think some of the bergen county parents need to chill out i really you yes. know i just i just want to 
go on my soapbox really quickly and say happiness is not found in going to the Ivy League schools and the best of the schools. That is not how people find happiness. I just want to put that out there yep. because some of those Bergen County parents that I have met really scared me. Yep. They really yep. scared yep. me, putting their yep. children into Mandarin lessons and yep. making their kids go to, you know, I mean, it's like <laughs> people. Like I had a friend who recently told me that she had to go apply for a private preschool for her child who was in utero. Like her child was not born yet and she went to go put oh, them on a list, a God. wait list for a preschool. Yeah, that's, 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 that's um, crazy. And then wow. once they were born at three, they were going to do an IQ test to make sure the kid qualified. So, I mean, this is bonkers. So Sue, are you judging me right now? I don't believe it. Like I genuinely no, no, just no, don't no, no, believe no. that you got an 800. I, I There's no see, way. I know, I know. But Sua, Sua, listen. So for many years, when I was in college and stuff, I lied about my SAT scores. <laughs> even to my wife when I was dating her, I even lied about it to my kids. I said, yeah, well, you're you kind of have to. <laughs> exactly. Because they're going to be like, oh, well, you turned out great. So yeah, why do no, I have no. to study? So so like with my kids, I did. And then I realized like I had lied about my, I told people I got like 1050 or something. Like, and that's even a bad SAT score, 1050, right? But for me, there's damn, I, I don't know. Pee -pee, I really, I don't right, believe so, it. I don't anyways, believe so it. let me just share the story. So I think part of this was that I, I had so much shame and I had to actually confess it to them a couple years ago. I said, hey, I just want you guys to know I need you to forgive me because dad lied about his SAT score. I didn't get a 1050 on my SAT I got like an 8 I think it was like an 860 870 there's no way and they were like why did you why did you lie and I said because I didn't want you to think I was stupid and and this was the most healing part they said dad we would never think you're stupid mm. and I was like oh that's great but Sua I am not lying that was my SAT score. I just, I just, I. But I also I, wanted. But I did just, go. To, but I did go to school, like, cause I had church friends. I did go. I had, did have church friends, and I did go to school towards the end of my high school years. And I had friends that got twelve hundreds on their SATs. I had one guy who got a fourteen hundred. I had another. I had knew a girl who got a fourteen fifty. You know all that stuff. So in people in my church, they excelled, and so for me, I was like, yeah, I ain't gonna tell you what I got. You know, so I kind of hid that from people. I also don't think the SAT is necessarily like the tell-all of how smart you are, to be honest. And so I feel like it's just another means of getting into college. I don't necessarily think, you know, you might have just have to, you might just have had to go, go to one summer session for SAT school <laughs> no. and you would have gone no, up no, to 1050. No. You could have gotten your dream no, score. No, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it, it would have been really hard for me to do well because I never studied in my life. Maybe it like, was really. the ADHD. And the ADHD was so I couldn't comp I couldn't understand what I was reading. I couldn't focus. Yeah, and I so I just didn't understand. Role. And you know they had antonyms back then, um, and you had to do the SATs. You you had antonyms when you when you took your SATs, right? Like the opposite of this. It wasn't and, antonyms. It was like this is to this as this is to this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like that. So yeah. Like, oh, no, no, no. I think they had they had opposites as well or something like that. But anyway. My vocabulary was hard. I just didn't, I didn't know the, the And then you became a pastor where yeah. you do communication well, so is like your now, thing. Now you understand why I convinced myself not to be a pastor because I was just like, got an 800 on my SATs. I hate studying. I, I just, I suck at school. Like there's just no reason why God would call me. That's why I'm the weak pastor. There's no reason why I have any business being a pastor because I just academically, I was so, so, so bad. But and I think so, that's so awesome though. I mean, not that, I mean, I would not be happy if my kids got an 800 on their SATs. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> well, but well, really, your dream is you fearing that you're going to fail. No, that's no, no. That's but I think that that's so, dream. maybe that, okay. So when I was in graduate school, getting my <laughs> master's, I was starting to think about going to a PhD program. Um, and my mom prayed strongly against it without telling me because she was like, I do not want you. I did not want you to find your identity in your degrees. Yeah. And he was like, you, I could just imagine you just becoming so arrogant and being like, I can do this because I got all my degrees and God will never use you if you are constantly relying on your degrees. So this is kind of, you're the opposite where, you know, you're like, God is using you because he knows that you're never going to be like, it was because I'm so smart or because I got the best <laughs> yeah, grades. But absolutely. I think that's why God can use you because you know exactly he's, what he said he to me. But, but when he called right. me into ministry, I remember just going to the altar. This was back in 97 and I just wept. I'm like, God, why would you call me to you're be like a Moses. pastor? I have nothing. Like, yeah, literally like, like Moses, I have a speech impediment. Like I can't do this. And he said, that's why I'm calling you. 
That's why right. I know. And I think you that's know redemptive. Yeah, it so is that's redemptive. the redemption of the 860. So, so, so what I want you to know is that that dream you're having is because you've always excelled in academics is probably your your fear, your deep inner no, fear that you might get academics. an F on paper. Yes, I think it's more because I don't know where Sua. I'm going. I really think it's more because I'm directionally challenged and I just never know where I'm going. Sua. I mean, listen, Take- if there's ever anything that I am so grateful for in my life, it's Google Maps and Waze because <laughs> I literally no, am no. so directionally yeah. challenged. I, I, you are. I thought about that too, but that's not it because school, it's always school. It always ties in with school because you've done well and it maybe maybe yeah. your deep fear of uh, not doing well. well and- remember, my other recurring <laughs> Somebody who got an A60 on his SATs and hardly got an A in high school. I don't think I've ever gotten an A in high school, okay? Do not say that you were not academically successful. Well, listen, the other recurring dream that I have is that I can't recruit people for family promise. So what does that (laughs) say? (laughs) Are you serious? I told you about this. All right, so here's all the link. This is the common link to your failure. Failure. You really fear failure. Yeah, that's it. I do. Okay, that's that's all right. All right, right on the nose. Well, well, we need we we need to talk about shame later, but that's 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 for another time. (laughs) We can't we can't keep talking about your dreams, all right? And my SAT scores. We need to talk about sex, all right? We need to talk about sex. Gosh. Are you ready to talk about? Can we sex? disclaim this by saying that we have very limited? <laughs> we are not. We are not experts. What do you mean we have? We are limited. no. We've, what, what, I mean, what you, we've had a lot of sex, but yes. our partners have been very limited. So it doesn't matter. Like I think we should be the sex experts because we had only one partner. That makes us experts because the ones who've had multiple. Why are they the ones who are the experts? I don't know why. Shouldn't it be like we should be the experts because? We're having lots well, no, of sex I think now, it would be, even we've been married for a long time. We have figured out the secret to sex. I think it would be nice if at least one of us had been a little bit more promiscuous so that we could have a little bit of a balance. <laughs> well, it's not like I... It's not you like failed I, us, It's Pastor not like Peter. I never wanted you to be promiscuous. I wanted to live more of a promiscuous lifestyle, but I just had Okay, no what game. does that even mean? You So you're basically... A, you were a virgin by accident? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, you know, I'm telling you right now, like I was a virgin by Remember, accident. Remember, you're a pastor, okay? You have to yeah. be careful well, what you well, say. Here, here's the, no, this is before I was a Christian because when I was in like ninth grade, I worked at Burger King a girl her name was lisa lisa uh lisa richie lisa richie if you're listening f- f- do you think we need Facebook. to change the names for the privacy of those involved oh, sorry okay lisa <laughs> lisa her name was lisa at least don't she, give her last name she set me on my very first date with a girl named heidi i a said cur- to change the name well it's just the first name all right and so heidi uh was I think Heidi was like a year older than me, but we went on a date, but it was my first date. How old were you? I think I was in ninth grade. Oh, ninth grade. Oh my goodness. So ninth young. or 10th grade. Sua, I can't tell you how nervous I was because I never dated anyone. And Heidi was, was pretty. She was actually mm. pretty. But Heidi, I think she was a year older than me. She had already been very... Um, she was experienced. Sexually expressive with a lot of other boys. And, and she dated like seniors in high school and stuff like that. And, and so, so she has been around the block. She has... Okay, that, that's, that's not no? nice. Okay, what's, what's, the, what's the PC way of saying this? She just says she was experienced. She was very experienced yeah. compared to me because I had nothing. Yeah. So we, we went on a date. And I don't fully remember the date, but we went to the library, like outside of the library, just hanging out in the steps. Oh, scandalous. And she wanted me to make a move, okay? And nobody talks about how horrible women can be when they say terrible things about men, okay? Because, or boys, I was a boy at the time. I think she wanted me to make moves at her, but I was so scared I couldn't do anything, right? And so I didn't do anything. We just kind of talked. And afterwards, you know what she said to my friend at Burger King? She said, I'm never going to date Peter again. He's a prude. <laughs> that's what you said. Peter is a prude. <laughs> that's I'm not going to date him again. That's like flip because usually the boys say that about right. girls and traditionally. Told me, and so my friend at Burger King told me that and I was like mortified. I was so hurt that she said that. It didn't. And actually, I, I, I felt like I wasn't like, I think she took away like a bit of my masculinity. Like I felt like my masculinity was in question. You're she a said, prude? Yeah, this woman said I was this 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 girl said I was a prude. And so I was like so I think there was a part of me, I think if I'm thinking back correctly, you know how bad my memory is. I think there's a part of me that said, I'm gonna prove 
to this world or to this girl that I am not approved. Yeah, so you really did that by marrying the person and then only. But I ended up. But I ended up being approved my entire life. <laughs> you really the showed problem. them. You really I showed them. Sua, Sua, I had no game. I had no. Game. I was terrible. Nobody. I just yeah. Just she traumatized me. All right. I just felt like here's. Peter on the prude. So anyway, she hurt me, man. That was hurting me. But I think, Sua, you and I are sex experts. Why? All right. Because we have perfected it with one partner. Everyone I mean, else. I say we've perfected it. Well, it's I don't still want to a work in okay. progress. Okay. Work in progress. But here's the thing. Everyone else believes that having sex with multiple partners is true enjoyment. And I think that's a little crock because it's not. And I certainly see why well, they're going to come at you and say, how do you know? It was exactly. Only slept but with one woman. I have friends that are married and they were incredibly sexually, you know, uh, they had many. All right, let's just say this. I don't want to say anything that's not PC. Do not give many, names. They had many, many partners, many, many partners. And they always say to me, it really affects sex with their spouse. Why? It, it really affects the quality because they can't stop comparing. Hmm. They can't stop comparing to what other women have done to them. And, and mm. made them feel and all that stuff. And then, you know, so they can't. So, like, I actually think you and I, yo, we're, like, I think we're, like, like pro level. We're not the best, but we're probably, like, we've reached a level where most Americans have not even been able to because they've, they've had to try to find true joy. They, they find fun in sex, but you and I have found true joy in sex. That's a big difference. Oh, that sounds good. That can preach, can it? We, <laughs> That's a sermon. Let's wrap it up. You're looking to have fun in sex, but you and I have found joy in sex. Joy that is, is actually, actually really good. You know what? Right. I think jo- that was joy, actually joy, really good. Well, God is the one who creates joy. Joy is given to us by the Holy Spirit. And so as a result of that, that can only be given by God. And so most people want to have fun in sex. Go for it. But you and I have found true joy. God has given us joy in sex. And we've mastered it. Not mastered it. We, we, we could always get better. Yes. Peter but on, we, senior pastor podcaster master of sex <laughs> Sua Huang. <laughs> i did not say i'm a master of sex master of it. anyway so anyway so with that said sua let's talk about sex yeah let's talk about sex sex is very interesting because i think it's one of those you know recently i've had a lot of thoughts about what it means to be created by god i've been oh, thinking well, about course, this a lot first and foremost before i stop this is my yeah. adhd kicking in what can i just give a huge shout out to Pastor IJ. Oh, yes, IJ. Yo, IJ, thank you so much for always, always plugging our podcast on your social media. It means the world to Sua and I. Sua promises to house you up in Ohio and take you to all if the best restaurants. If you should ever want to come here. If you ever want to go to Columbus, Ohio. But no, really, honestly, IJ, just want to thank you uh, for always plugging our podcast. It means the world to us. And for any of you listening to this, if you actually do get some things out of it and it's been good and helpful, I just would encourage you if you guys could you know, share on, on your social yeah. media. It would really help us. I mean, recently, an anonymous donor gave us even money to go eat lunch. I mean, I'm not sure how we're supposed to do that given that we're physically in separate places, but maybe you can go buy something and I can go buy something and we'll Zoom. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to um, split it 50-50, girl. I'm not even asking for that. I just, I please humbly ask if you could give us a good rating. A good rating and a shout out or a share. And a shout out. Yes, please. We would really appreciate that. Thank you, IJ. But IJ, thank you so much. You rock. Um, Sua is giving you the heart right now on Zoom. Give you are okay. all right. You give him the heart. Well, there you I go. have weird right. thumbs. Remember, so it's it's a it's a very disproportionate wait, 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 heart wait, wait, over wait. here. What did you call your thumbs again? My toe thumbs. Oh, your toe thumbs. That's yeah. right. So it's Sua? like one toe. Sua, get your feet off the table. Get your feet off the table. All <laughs> right. The anyway. All right. All right. So again, talk about you. Were, you were saying about no. Sex? So yeah. Okay. So I have been pondering a lot about what it means to be created because I think mm. that there's a tension between the whole idea of the freedom that God gives us to be who we are and choose what we want to do versus how he's designed us. And a lot of times, you know, we forget that because God gives us this freedom, um, there is also a very specific way in which we can find the most happiness or joy, which is by fulfilling how God created us. But I feel like those things are, there's a tension there, right? Because I don't, I want to be very clear and say, I don't think that you're going to hell. I mean, I know for a fact, you do not go to hell for having premarital sex, okay? I say this because I was told this at some point, maybe not explicitly like this, but in the, when I was growing up, 
my leaders out of, I think their intention was to scare us away from having sex. Um, but well, a lot of- What did your leaders say? What did your leaders say? No, the implication was, you know, if you have sex, you're going, you're condemned. Like if you have sex before you're, you're married, right. like you're condemned, yep. you know? Eternal damnation. I mean, maybe not to that extreme, but there was definitely like there will be punishments involved. Right, right, you know? Like right. you will have issues, you know? Um, and I think I was always very scared of having sex. Okay. Because I and yeah. it's they, very they, hard they succeeded then. If you're uh, putting in that fear in you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they succeeded. So if their goal was for me to not have sex before I got married, then they succeeded yeah. in that. But I think that they for, they forgot to include a very important part of it. The emphasis should not have been necessarily, in my opinion, the emphasis should not have been so much on don't do it, but more on what it is and why yeah. it's so important for you to do it with it within the you know, the confines of a marriage and a really unconditionally loving relationship. Like, I feel like the emphasis should have been on, this is how God created sex. Yep. Therefore, this is how it's best done. Not don't do it. Don't do it. If you do it, you're going to yep. have horrible consequences and you'll be punished. Then don't do it. You right. know, but I feel right. like it was never that other part was, it was not balanced. The conversation was not balanced. Did you have a similar experience? Yeah, 100%. And so I, I, I just think um, what you just said is really what I think if, if there are any pastors listening, um, you really have to listen to what Sua just said. We really need to share with people the beauty of what sex is. Right. God designed sex to be pleasurable and, and, and for it to be, to be practiced heavily in marriage. <laughs> Emphasis on heavy. <laughs> heavily in marriage, okay? And that's, that's incredibly important. And, and the, the thing that we've always did, the thing that the church has always done is saying, don't have sex, don't have sex, it's evil, it's evil, it's evil. And we think that actually having sex is evil. We think sex is evil. And we've given a gift that God has given to us, and we've surrendered it to the world. And now the world has the mm -hmm. corner market on mm -hmm. sex. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, Christians should be having the best sex. Why? Because we can encounter the right. joy of God through it. Right. But yet we've given it to the world, and the world now just says sex is fun, sex Sex is fun. It's a recreational activity. It's a lot more than a. It's it's more than a recreational activity. Uh, it's so much more than that. And so that's just the real sad reality of what's happened. And uh, and as Christians, we gotta kind of get our act together, and uh, and do better in terms of raising up the new generation and helping them to realize how beautiful. And this is one of the reasons why I have such a special relationship with my kids, particularly my daughter Christina, because Christina and I we would talk about sex all the time in the car, and I would just talk to her about how great sex is. Um, you know, and, and some of you might think this is weird, but I just say, I love having sex with your mother. Like we have a great sex life and it's just part of it because we're married. And I just said, I, I'm really looking, I, I can't, I'm looking forward to the day when you can meet somebody and you can marry someone and you can have, you know, sex with them and encounter this joy that you, that I have with your mom. I mean, and in so, a way, if you ever wanted to make sex not as sexy to teenagers telling them that you do it all the time with your wife i mean what that is one way to <laughs> really desexualize yeah, yeah. it you know like Absolutely. you don't even want to you know but i think there's a truth that in terms of like demystifying it yeah you know and um not only does the church say don't do it it's evil but also a lot of times they don't talk about it at all there's a not silence at all. not at and, all you know that whole like you know, when we say spiritual formation, you're not only being spiritually formed when you attend your spiritual formation yep. classes, you're being spiritually formed every single second of every single day. And a lot of that I think is sex talk because the world, everything is sex, advertisements, yep. television, yep. movies, literature, media, it's all about sex. And so we're really doing a disservice to Christians by not talking about it because all of the information that they're getting is from the world, not That's from the right. Bible. Exactly. You know? And the world will just continue to teach us that sex is just about having fun and sex is just about you. It's not about anyone else. It's just about you. And uh, it's a, you know, sex is, is a character shaping act and how you practice sex really reveals the kind of person you are. And I think that's an important thing. But I got a beautiful definition of sex. You want to hear it? Okay. I mean, this is, this is radical. This is awesome. All right. So sex is the human drive towards intimate com uh, intimate communion. That's what sex is. It's, it's our human drive towards intimate connection, intimate communion. That's what sex is. It's not a human drive to have fun, but it's this, this God gave this to us as a gift, not just so that we can procreate, which is, uh, which is a great benefit, but he gave us this gift so that we can, we can go deeper and have more intimate connections with people. 
with our spouse, not just people, but with our spouse. That's what sex is and our sex drive is. It's a human drive towards intimate communion with someone else. And if we can practice it in that way, then I think that's how we can get closer and deeper. And that whole thing when the two become one, you know, the man leads his mother and father and the two become one flesh. Um, that's, that's Trinitarian language. And, uh, and physically, that really is. The two become one, you know. So anyway, yeah, so that's, um, that's sort of the definition. I think uh, that definition comes from Lewis Smeads. He wrote a book years ago, which I, I would highly recommend. He wrote a book called Sex for Christians. And I think it shocked Christendom because, you know, it was a very, um, yeah, I think at the time it was a very uh, different kind of a, a reading than, than, than the books that came out on sex in the past, which is kind of like what you and I grew up like with. Sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is the, bad, yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah. What are you thinking about? No, I mean, I'm thinking be sex is, hard, it, you know, it, it's such a, you know, if you've done it in a marriage within the you know limits of a marriage, which is kind of like the context in which I've had heavy sex, <laughs> as you called it. Well, what, um, what did you say one time? You said it's like a monsoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's okay. bliss, it's bliss. It's bliss. But I think it's such a spiritual thing. And that sounds so yeah. hokey to say, but I know it's a spiritual thing because I have friends who've had a lot of, you know, different sex partners, both male and female okay. like men and women friends and they dream about having sex even with previous partners it's like mm. embedded somewhere in their soul wow and even if they're happily married right. with their spouses now and this is yep. not one or two like i've had a lot of friends yes, tell me this, yes, yes. that sometimes they'll be sleeping at night next to their husbands or next to their wives and then they'll dream about having sex with a previous partner and yeah. they'll wake up feeling extremely guilty yeah um and it's not a conscious thing you know right. it's just somewhere in your spirit it's been embedded because well, you, well yeah it's not only been embedded i think so i think is you give a piece of your spirit mm -hmm. and they give a piece of their spirit to you when you have you know when you have sex with people. Right. And so that's why it's it's within you, you know, because they gave you a piece of themselves and you gave a piece of yourself to them as well. Now, you did the most intimate thing that you could possibly do with any other human being on this earth, but you did it with multiple people and now you're with another person, you know, and stuff and, and you're living a good life with, with them in that way. But yeah, you, you've given yourself. And that's why like, I wish, you know, the church would have done better in, in helping people to understand that and saying like, you know, like so that when you, practices this could be with just the one person that you've ever had sex with so you know yeah but in i the also want to say no yeah. i also really quickly want to say that there's been a huge injustice in the way sex was presented to boys and girls or men and women mm. because talk i do you know because i think that um even as we talk about this right it's almost okay or almost accepted that boys or men have previous sex partners or multiple mm -hmm, partners the virginity mm -hmm. of a male is not considered as valuable i even want to say or prize or important yes as a virginity for a woman you yes. know i think i don't know does this go back to like the virgin mary like i don't know but there's something really strange that happens where nowhere in the bible does it say well you shouldn't have sex before marriage, but boys, maybe it's okay. But girls, yeah. you really shouldn't do it. But even yeah. like, okay, even like the thing you said earlier, and I know that was not your intention, but when you say like, oh, your friend Heidi went like around the block or whatever, the reason why that makes me uncomfortable is because I don't really know if there's a similar way to frame that for boys. I don't mm -hmm. think anybody would in a negative way say, oh, that Mark, he was, he's really been around the block because people would laud him and say, yeah, he's got game. Like he's, yep. he's yep. got girls, yep. you know, he's, he knows what he's it's doing. It's such a double standard. But it's You're such right. a double standard because yep. when girls do it, we're yep. automatically labeled as being sluts yep. or, you know, being skanky or whatever yep. it is. But there's no equivalent. Even yep. when you say a male slut, it's almost like a funny kind of, yeah, yep. you go, man, yep. you're a yep. slut. Yep. You know, it, yep. it's it's praised. Yep. And so yep. I find this very strange. Like, what is the genesis of that double standard? Because it's not the Bible. No, it's not. No, it, it's, I, I just think it's because it's a male dominated society. And as a result of it, you know, it's 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 championed. And I don't I don't know. I don't know how we I mean, we, we could do a study on that. But I don't know exactly when that actually came about. But, you know, typically it's, you know, the men are uh the men are the ones, you know, kind of ruling the world while the women are there supporting the children and the families and things like that. And so I think just naturally, yeah, you know, the 
I don't know how, but in any kind of generation, any kind of culture, there was a natural understanding. I remember when I was in, um, I graduated college, and no, no, I think I was in college, and I was driving my uncle back to the airport, and he's from Korea, mm -hmm. and I told him that I'm a virgin, and he's like, "That's not good," because I was, I was, I told him I'm engaged to get married. He goes, "Okay, Peter, you need to go and have sex with some women." Um, and he even said this. He goes, "You need to find at least a prostitute." And what? You, you gotta at least try. This is your uncle. This is my uncle in Korea. He goes, "It's not right for a man to not have had sex before he got married to his wife." So there, wow. and he's not a Christian; he's an atheist. So his understanding, because he grew up in a culture believing that for a man, you need to have other women before you get married. Because when you get married, you cannot cheat on your wife. Mm -hmm. So you need to kind of get out of your system before you marry someone. Um, and so again, it happens in every. I think it's just a. It's just in every culture. Uh, that again, it doesn't matter uh, what culture it is, but mm -hmm. you know the men are championed and seen as this is right for you to have multiple partners. And for a woman, it's if you've had multiple partners, yeah, you're a slut. It's I mean, horrible. I also do think that there is, a, to be fair, I think there is an emphasis on, not to go too graphic, but men needing to be the more skilled one. You know, I think there mm -hmm. is more. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, part of that is, I think, I'm just going to be very honest. I think women are a lot harder to please than men. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think yeah. men are much easier, yeah. you know, to make happy, you know, during sex. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what it is. It's like if you know, on one hand, yeah, get it out of your system before you get married. But maybe on the other hand, if you really want your wife to be satisfied, if you really want to be the man who pleases your wife, then you need to kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. But I, I do, you know, and I want to take that moment to say, for John and me, it was a very newish thing, right? Mm -hmm. So. Remember I said in a previous episode, I think it was the marriage episode, I talked about how I was super disappointed and didn't want yep. to do it for a yep. long time. Yep. Um, I mean, I repent. <laughs> I don't think that was a right attitude because this is exactly the kind of behavior that I think makes men then say, maybe I needed to go and experiment a little bit before. Maybe it's because yes. I didn't know what I was doing. So I completely was complicit in that. Yep. Now, I, you know, I acknowledge that. I think that was also, I mean, partly I think it was a product of the church not preparing us. Um, but that's why I'm here telling you now, there is a growth curve. It is not, Absolutely. you know, um, an immediate yep. fire, um, what am I saying? Like fireworks, like, it's, you know, it's violin, romantic music yeah. playing. Yeah. The first time is definitely not going to be the best time, you know, and, and it gets better as you're together longer and as you communicate, right? I mean, that that's that's really what it is. It's like, you know, it's the same thing with Jenny and I. It didn't get great until like we've done it many times and mm -hmm, we communicate mm -hmm. and we talk. And like, I think the big thing with, with, with that is, you know, like in marriage and in sex, you really got to pay attention to your partner and you got to see what they like, what they don't like, what they're enjoying. Like, if you're not receptive to that and you're just thinking about yourself, then yeah, you cannot be good. You're not going to be a good sex partner, you know, and stuff. So I think that's really a, a, an important aspect to it. But you're right. It takes time. And I don't know any couple, married couple that gets married right away and they say themselves to marriage and they say, oh, yeah, it was fantastic from the moment we started. And no I think way. that Absolutely. is kind of the way to really... It, the dangerous thing that happens, I think, is when you say, and usually I'm going to say it's woman, because like I said earlier, I think men, it's pretty easy. <laughs> but yeah. for a lot of times for women, I think there's a tendency for us to be like, well, it's not that great. And I have much better things that I would rather be doing in my free time. So let's just not, you know, eh, whatever, let's not or do let's it. Let's just get it over with. Or let's do get like it over quick, with, or like it's like, yeah, let's just right. Get it over with. Yeah. And I think yeah, sometimes it has to be a quickie. Sometimes it's really yep. hard pressed for time and you're trying to squeeze in that quickie. But I think that you're really missing out on a lot if you say, well, clearly I've done it two or three or five, 10 times. It's not for me because yep. once again, it's a journey and it's a, a continuing progress. I don't think, I mean, I know you were joking about we've perfected our sex or we're masters of yep. sex, but there's still, you know, the more you do it, the more you're going to learn. And I think that's why yeah. it's so dangerous because if you decide it's not for you after the first few times, you're really going to not be able to reach the point when you really kind of understand what yeah. each other likes. Yeah. If that makes yeah. any sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and so I think it's important. And in light of that though, Sue, I like, um, have you ever thought, let's, let's just be honest and real yeah. as I yeah. always want. Have you ever, okay, so you, you have a great sex life. I have a great sex life with my wife. You have a great sex life with John, but have you ever thought or dreamed about having sex with another man? So maybe this is because I'm a woman, but I've yeah. never had a sex dream. 
Wow. Like really? ever, ever. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I know. I don't know. Maybe like other, I mean, I guess other women do. I don't know. I've just never, remember, I'm too busy dreaming about, you know, failing my grades. <laughs> that I've never, I've never. Oh, brother. Um, I mean, I've had. You're, you're, you're very unique. I've been woken up you by are... a man who wanted to have sex, but I've never had <laughs> dreams of actually okay. having right, sex. So, no, no, no. Um, right, so when I say, I'm not saying like actual physical, you're like, have you ever thought about having sex yeah with i've wondered else. i've yeah, not exactly. specific people i've, yeah. I've never wondered yeah. about like oh what would it be like to have sex with brad pitt or something yeah. like that yeah. it's more just i've wondered like huh i wonder what it's like with yes. cause, with other because i most of my friends have had multiple partners right yeah. and sometimes they tell me um it's different with different people like, i had oh my gosh this can is I, so graphic can i, I ask you one, but yeah. do your friends say that the sex with their spouses better than their other partners? Or do they say their other partners are better? I had one friend who told me oh, that. That's sad. I had one friend who oh, told me I'm that. Sad. No, 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 no. I hadn't okay. said anything right, yet. Right. No, it's not right. bad. Well, it's not okay. bad, but it's just. So this one friend um, who I love, is she's so funny. But she said to me that she told her husband that she's been with multiple partners before. But <laughs> those other, a lot of those other partners were just too big. And yours is a little bit smaller and it's the right size for me. So I'm much happier. And the oh husband was not God. pleased. Like it was meant to be a compliment, but he was not pleased. Oh my God. Would you just emasculate him more? But oh her intention was you are the right size. Like these wow. other guys, it was too big. But Man. he was like, I do not feel good right now. Yeah, I do like not how feel in the world can you make me feel good by saying that? My goodness. Oh my so, Lord. So, um... Yeah, I mean, yes, okay. yeah, you know, and, and and you know, I share with my in, in the podcast is before that I've I have you know thought about that and I've dealt with the temptations of mm -hmm, stuff like mm -hmm. that as well. So I mean, it's all there, you know. I mean, like I think so. Just because we're saying that we have a great you know sex life with our spouse and everything is great, there's temptations and there's thoughts and, and all that stuff. And I think more so, you know, Sue is like a unicorn when it comes to this area. Why? Uh, but for me, but because you're just not a. I don't think you're very normal. I mean, I think people have says the person three. who doesn't have any recurring nightmares. Yeah, no, no, but yeah, yeah, you're not. You're you're so you're such a unicorn because you have dreams about like fearing that you're gonna get an F. I think a lot know? of people do. No way. I, I've never met. A do you person. know what John's recurring nightmare is? He's gonna kill me for saying this on air. <laughs> What's his recurring? John's nightmare? recurring nightmare is that I leave him. <laughs> Ooh, man. But you know what's funny? Sorry, this is completely off topic, he but recently you, I went he to dinner you. with my girlfriends, like four of them, and I said something like along the lines of, can you believe, isn't this funny? Because I, like, why would I leave my husband? Like, it's I've never shown him yeah. any reason to believe this. Yeah. And these ladies were like, oh yeah, my husband has that dream all the time. Or one lady was like, oh, I have that dream all the time about wow. my husband leaving me. So apparently it's very common for one person in a relationship huh. to have a dream that the other person is going to leave them. Not not me or Jenny. Yeah. Maybe we you just never don't remember. Maybe I mean if I had to guess I between mean, you and Jenny, I would say it's definitely you, not Jenny. <laughs> but I feel like maybe even if you have them, you forget them. You know what I have a dream about? I have a dream like I'm fighting and I can't punch. Okay, see there you go. There's a dream. That 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 is a dream that I have. I, that's recurring. I dream that I'm fighting somebody, but I just can't punch. Like I'm just trying to punch. But there I just you can't go. Punch. That's what do you? That's I mean, weird. let's think about what that okay. means. See, okay. see, there you maybe, go. Maybe maybe it's because I've been bullied and I've never been able to fight, and you I don't know helpless. what it's like to punch somebody. Yeah, and so like I'm trying to punch somebody, but I just can't punch them. See, there you go. And it's just like slow mo, and I just can't get it out. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? How I come knew you, can't you had one. Everybody has okay. one. All right. But it's not like Going a back. super recurring dream. But anyway, but that's one of them. Yeah, that's one of them. Anyway. Okay. okay. Um, I lost my train of thought no, here. I but feel like it's so unfair. I mean, I just, I, sometimes I really feel like it's very unfair that um, it's so much easier for men, you know? And what, what, what do you mean when you say that? Because you oh, guys orgasm orgasm. every single oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, absolutely. You know, absolutely. and I think yeah. I just want to make it very clear at least for my personal experience, it's not a home run every single time. When I yeah. say it's a tsunami of sexual bliss, it doesn't mean that every single time it's like a life-changing experience, you know? Um, yeah. But I think that sex is much more than an orgasm. I know that sounds Absolute. really crazy to say. Preach it, girlfriend. Okay, preach well, it, girlfriend. What were you gonna say? I love it. No, preach it. Sex is more than just, I mean, orgasm is very important. Don't get me wrong, but it's so much more than an orgasm. You're remember right. Remember when Pastor David was like, some women need clitoral stimulation. Oh my Do you God. remember this? Oh my gosh. Listen, we once David did Hosang. A <laughs> <laughs> I 
we did this um like video when I was back at staff. It was Facebook Live, man. We were doing one. It was a live YouTube oh. video, and we were doing it on sex, and it was like a panel of like you, me, I think Doug was on there, um, Pastor David, and then I remember we were talking about sex, and Pastor David was like. He, I mean, he just started talking about clitoral stimulation. And then I'm sitting right next to Pastor David trying not to laugh. And then Pastor Peter, like 30 seconds after, just starts bursting out into laughter. Like he couldn't hold it in anymore. I tried so hard. I thought about the saddest moment of my life. And I replayed it over, like my father abusing me. I tried to Stop think about it, it as much. You're appropriating your abuse I know, for this? I, know. I was trying to think of the saddest moment in life because I just, I couldn't. Nobody would expect those words coming out of that man's clitoral mouth. Stimulation. Was, clitoral stimulation. Clitoral stimulation. I could not stop. And it was all on air. Everyone saw it. Like, I was just, I couldn't stop laughing because he just threw, like, a curveball. I'm like, come on, David. You got to, like, give us a warning. And he just says it out of the blue. And we're like, holy cow. This guy just Sorry. But anyway, anyway but, we digress. But listen, uh, orgasm is very important. I don't want to underestimate that. And I do I do want to encourage the guys <laughs> that it's really important that if your spouse is not having an orgasm, I think it's really important that you try to grow and learn how maybe you might be able to help with that. And it's not just about yours, but I think you need to perhaps maybe even ask friends who are good, maybe that can give you some advice. But also what might be, you know, I, I, I and I've, you know, I think this, wouldn't be a bad thing for you to go talk to a sex therapist. Oh yeah, absolutely. And get some really good coaching because uh, listen, like you know, like if you want to be good at something, you just need some coaching sometimes, and some people need it. And so I would highly, highly, highly recommend that. But no, you but you're right. But I think what I wanted to share with our audience is that even though Sue and I both say that you know we we have a great you know sex intimate life with our spouse, uh, we still. I mean, I I'm just gonna speak for myself. I still struggle with like adultery. I still struggle with like thinking and fantasizing. You know, like for me, going through the life that I've gone through in my life, Sue, like with my father and stuff like that, with the abuse and all that stuff, mm -hmm. the only escape for me was to fantasize. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like fantasize about a different life. Mm -hmm. Like that was my escape from life. Sure. And so I would do that so much as a kid. So I'm a dreamer. I dream a lot. I fantasize a lot. So for me, that that's definitely a struggle. And that's why for me, I have tried my best to have people in my life that will keep me accountable and make sure that I kind of walk the straight and narrow, even though I just, I, I, I know without a shadow of a doubt, if I ever, which I can't say I never will, if I ever, ever, like God forbid I commit adultery on my wife, I know it will not be anywhere close as good as to what I have with Jenny. Because Jenny is just, we've been together for so long. What we have in sex is so much than just a physical thing. There's such a deep, intimate thing. And so, Anyway, yeah. So, um, but yeah, but I just think it's a real struggle, and and just because we have a good, healthy sex marriage and a good marriage, it doesn't mean that I don't struggle. I think we all do, but our sexuality or our sex is really this intimate desire to want to get to know somebody at a deeper level. And I hope that you can see it that way, and I hope that you know you could really strive to want to live and and experience sex in such a way where you can encounter joy from it more than just having fun. I. I I do want to say this one story. I thought it was so funny. What's the beginning days of Metro? Well, beginning days oh of my God. I was attending Metro, not the beginning days of actual Metro. Um, you <laughs> did a sermon on sex. Why are you laughing? No, I haven't I just, even told you the story I'm thinking yet. about David Hosek. Were you at the staff meet, staff retreat when, we, when he played Taboo with us? Yeah, I no, was. Were you there for that one? With the. Um, you might have left then. No, I think I was. Oh, no, I think I left. You guys were playing. In, I, I can't. Yeah. I, I, I can't even utter what he said. And I, Jay, and it was worse because here, you know, everyone else was able to kind of control themselves. Some people laugh, like a bunch of people did laugh, but he does this on I, purpose, Pastor David. Pastor IJ was 10 times worse than me. He could not stop. And then he and I were just laughing for like 20, 30 minutes because the things that come out of that man's mouth sometimes is just crazy. As he you're does it on purpose. Me, yeah. As you're telling me the story, I'm just thinking about him saying that. And it's just. Is hilarious but anyway please no so ahead. in the when i first started attending metro you did a sermon sermon on sex once and you were talking yeah. about how you have so much sex you have sex like three four times a week yes and then i was like oh wow like nice you know good for you and then i went over your house once for something and i was telling jenny like i was like yeah so three to four oh, no. times and she goes he bus. wishes <laughs> <laughs> and i was like is he lying on stage no i'm not i pro it wasn't all right listen 
It wasn't. Were every you exaggerating week. a little bit? It, you know, I have a tendency to exaggerate. It wasn't every week, three to four. She was times like, he wishes. But however, Sua, however, <laughs> there have been many weeks where it's been three or four times. Many, okay. many weeks. Yeah, and okay? same. And you know, after my every week, okay? after my sexual bliss episode aired, my husband was holding me hostage for saying it, and he was like, "Remember." What are you Go doing? John. We, we gotta we gotta fulfill what you said on the Go podcast. John. We gotta continue right. our sexual bliss. I'm like, can you not use this against me? Hey, that's evil. No, that's not evil. Okay, just hold to on. Be there was something very important I flesh. wanted to say. Okay, about, what did you want to say? So I think I've said this previously, but um, remember I talked about the New York Times article from years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I definitely talked about this on one of the podcasts about <clears throat> how they did that study and they found oh, yeah. that. Yeah the optimal number of sexual partners to ensure sexual satisfaction is just one. Come on. Shocking. Come on. Extremely counterintuitive because you would think, like your uncle said, you got to test drive a couple. You got to know what you're doing to really know what you want. But as you also alluded to earlier, our human tendency is to compare um, and contrast and because God created us that way. He knows how our inner mind works. Mm-hmm. He, I think that's, I mean, this is my takeaway from it is God designed us. Like I said, we're not just these people who've just evolved into this thing. God yeah. knows exactly how we work, our mechanisms, and what ensures our optimal happiness. And yeah. therefore, because God designed us and he knows how we work, he said to us, have one partner because yep. that is the way you will have your highest satisfaction. Yep. This is not, the New York Times is not a religious publication. This is a secular publication that is confirming what we have been preaching. Simultaneously, there was an article (laughs) recently in the Washington Post, I think it was maybe a month ago, where I forgot the writer's name, but she was a woman. And she basically talks about how consent should be the bottom, like the basic bottom. And there's so much more to good sex than just consent. But I think there's so much emphasis on consent mm. for good reason because i think you know it's only even recent that women being raped by their husbands was even considered rape we were considered property for so long that wow. the amount yeah. of sexual sin i just want to say sexual sin that men even christian men in the church have done against women is atrocious i mean we yeah. know what happened with the sbc recently all oh, of yeah. those findings that oh, came yeah. out oh, sexual yeah. sin within the church is rampant right so i understand why consent has become such a big thing but this secular article was arguing that we have so much choice with sex and so much freedom and yet we are less fulfilled in our sex lives and why she was posing the question of but why you know we are Mm -hmm. so liberated as women and men to have sex with whomever we want so why do we feel less happy and less fulfilled in our sex lives and we know the answer to that you know, we know yep. why we feel less fulfilled. It's because we were not designed. You know, just because God says, yes, you're allowed to have sex with whomever you want, whenever you want, as long as yep. consent, doesn't mean that's going to give us happiness and joy. Yeah. Like you said, joy. Yeah. Right? You know, C.S. Lewis says this, which I really love. He says, sin is just, all sin is, is that it's taking what God made good and it gets rotten. You know, it spoils. And that's exactly what sin is. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that's so beautiful that God created and it spoils. And I think that's exactly what it was. Sex was such a beautiful gift that God has given to us to be expressed in, within, the, within the relationship of a marriage. And it was to be practiced within that. And, um, and when we can live within those boundaries, then we can really encounter the intimacy and the joy and more than just having fun. But because the world sort of takes hold of it, man, we really corrupted it in all these different ways and practices and just, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just a recreational activity. You know, I mean, I know a bunch of people that just have quick one night stands. They can just literally walk in a street and they can seduce somebody, seduce a woman and just be like, well, let's just have sex. Boom. And that's it. And then they just go about their day after that. And I'm just like, man, that's just a whole different world that I just never, and I hope I'm so grateful I never lived in. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, but you're so right in that. And, you know, I just want to encourage our listeners, listen, um, for those who uh, have had partners before and you're single, hey, listen, it's, it's, you know, my encouragement to you is save yourself from marriage, um, you know, the best you can. And, uh, you know, we, I highly encourage you to do that. And then I, I just want to speak to the married couples for a second now, because, you know, if you're married and you're listening, uh, there's a high chance you're cheating on your spouse. 
And uh, I'm not naive to not believe that. Um, and I just want to encourage you that you need to find someone in your life to confess that to. And you need to begin to have accountability in your life because you're destroying yourself. Because I know you're not happy. I know you're not in a good place when you do this. And especially if you're a Christian and you've taken a vow to be with your spouse for the rest of your life, for better or for worse. And if that is you, I just hope that you would really consider um, inviting some people into your life to really help you, keep you accountable, and then you can start thinking about what are the next steps to try to heal uh, your relationship with your spouse because of what you know you might have done or what you might be doing. And so I just would encourage you to really think about that because the goal is at the end for you to experience true joy and uh, in, in sex, and that can only be found in your marriage. Outside of that, it's just going to be a lot of fun. It's just going to be a lot of fun. And, and then you're going to feel really guilty at the end. You're going to feel horrible yeah. about yourself. It's never going to make you, afterwards, you're not going to just feel great about yourself. You're going to feel terrible about who you are and what you've done because you know you've, you have uh, broken the vow with your mm -hmm. spouse. So, yeah. Any other th closing thoughts there, Sua? I mean, recently, um, my daughter who turned 10, um, she went to her pediatrician appointment. Well, she went for her nine-year appointment yeah. um, last year. And I remember the doctor said she's going to get her first dose of her HPV vaccine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty young, I feel like, nine years old. But I remember yeah. I said, nine years old? You start yeah. the HPV vaccine at nine? And he yeah. said, we like to separate it as much as possible from the teen years so that the parents aren't thinking too much about the sex. Yeah. Um, but I remember I thought about it and I was like, wait. Does she need the HPV vaccine? I mean, mm -hmm. yes, yes, she got the vaccine. She needs it. But it kind of made me start thinking about, huh, I wonder how, like, what are my expectations yeah. for her life? You yep. know, it kind of makes you, because I'm jumping ahead because she's only 9, 10 yeah. right now. So I haven't yeah. started thinking about her really having sex at yep. this point. I've thought about it, like, kind of, you know, here and there, but not, like, really thought about, like, the reality of the matter is like this is going to sure be you, a real thing well you did know? you did you and john have the sex talk with her yet we've had it in age appropriate ways like i haven't been like you know really but she knows there's I I've, think I've told her I, that sometimes mommy and daddy do <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's time to really talk to her about like well, what you know, would you say oh i mean being just very honest like you know here's what sex is you know damaris helped me with this damaris is so oh good. the germans got this down to a oh, science yeah. damaris in the past she said you know uh she has a, a woman, book too and has like yeah yeah care. yeah yeah so you know she just says you know you know like when we did it to our children and we share she she just says all you have to just say is sex is a beautiful gift that god's given uh, to us to be to be practiced in marriage and what sex is is that for the woman you know you have a hole down there and for the for the guy they have you know they have the penis and the penis goes inside to the hole that's kind of what she said and i was like oh that's actually but really what good. is the purpose of telling them this i i think you have to teach because you don't want you, you just don't want them you don't want them to learn from other people like what sex exactly is you mm -hmm. want them, you want You want your kids, and parents, hear me on this. If you haven't had a sex talk with your kids and they're young, I highly encourage you, like the first time they hear about sex should come from you and, and it should not come from like a school class or especially their friends or, God forbid, porn or things like that. Right. Um, yeah. I think they need to know what sex is because they don't know at nine, but you have to teach them what that is and why it's such a beautiful thing and why you wait till marriage. I did it with all my kids at a very young age. And I, I think it's incredibly important that um, if you're a father, it's really important that, you, that you're the one sharing that with your daughter because they need to know this from their father. Take notes, John. It's your right? responsibility. So it's, it's the men's responsibility, the father's responsibility to really share this with their daughters and be open and don't feel weird about it. Sex is a beautiful thing, and you need to let your kids know that mom and dad really enjoy having sex. Like, I'll, like in, the, in the past, I would tell my kids, guys, go upstairs and go to sleep because mom and dad are going to have sex tonight. You know, like I just want them to know this is a normal thing. We love to have sex with each other and we're just going to let you know and it's fine. And they'll be like, ew, that's gross. Okay, we're going to go upstairs. Oh, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, kind of a thing. But we just wanted to make sure that sex was normalized in our house and that they would know that it's a beautiful thing in marriage and that I am so like sexually attracted to my wife, you know, and that I love her. I think she's beautiful. And, and I just wanted them to see that so that hopefully that that will give them a desire to say, well, I want to wait when I get mm -hmm. until I get married. You know, otherwise, if they don't see that model at home, then, you know, why would they wait till they get married if they see mom and dad hating each other and they don't even think they even like hold hands, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. I, I mean, also, that's um, 
really quickly before we end, just because this comes up sometimes with my conversations with some friends. Do you think God punishes you if you have sex before marriage? Is there a punishment? Not if you repent. You know, the punishment isn't the punishment isn't the sin, you know. Um, the punishment is you waking up in the middle of the night and, and, and dreaming about having sex with somebody else, you know, and things like that. And you have you know? to go through that? Yeah, you're going to have to go through that because all sin has consequences at some levels, right? I mean, no matter what, God will forgive you. He's not going to curse you. Now, if you don't ask God to forgive you, you're in big trouble, I think, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, but you have to pay for it. Like if you cheated on your spouse and you come clean, you're going to have to pay for the consequences of that because your spouse might be like, you know what? I want a divorce now. You know, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to deal with the consequences. And that's not God punishing you. That's you just having to deal with the consequences of the sin that you partook, mm-hmm. of, that you partook on. So there's enough punishment in participating in the sin. You know, there's enough punishment in that. And so as a result, you know, I think it's just the reality of that. And, and, and so you just have to be aware of it. But no, I, I think if, if you have had premarital sex, it's not the end of the world. It's just, a, you know, it's a, it's a sin like any other sin that you've committed. Like, I, you know, I got arrested. I, got, I stole, you know, stuff like that. Um, as long as you ask God to forgive you, he's forgiving you, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, there, 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 might, be, there, there might be some consequences, you know, to it. And, but it's not to say that if you've had premarital sex, you're never getting married. No, that's mm-hmm. not it. Or that you, you know? can't have a happy sex life yeah and you know if i if i if i can just speak to the audience here particularly with other men um if you find it very difficult for you to be to have sexual integrity when you travel for work i want to encourage you a couple things um number one don't travel alone until you can begin to trust yourself uh that's an important thing or number the other one is don't travel for work and if that means you having to quit your job and quit your job, uh, because if you're married and you travel for work and the temptations are so great and you've already had an adulterous affair, um, it's not worth, no job is worth your marriage. Go find a job that's not going to require you to travel. I, I just think you got to understand because, you know, sex is such an addiction, Sua. I think you just have to know yourself better and stop thinking, well, I'll be okay, I'll be okay, I'll be okay. No, yeah, you might be okay one time, but if this is such a temptation, then don't go there. Don't travel and just, you know, get help, you know, or get deeper accountability and things like that. Because I just think so many times we think we can conquer these things on our own and then you just, it just, it just falls apart. And, and I just think people don't really know themselves well enough. And I think you have to be able to trust yourself if you're going to, if you're going to travel alone. Because for some people, this is a real struggle when they travel alone. They, they have, they go wild. They go wild because they don't know anyone. And so I think that's a problem. I'm Since you gave um, some some um, helpful advice to your brothers, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, should yeah, I give, say give this? I have something to, I wanted yeah, to say. No, but, to no, no, no. But I feel like there's a very po- big possibility that I'm going to get some hate mail <laughs> for saying it's okay. this. Sue, it's you know okay. what? That's I'm still going to say it that's because right. I feel strongly about it. Go, so, girl. So remember when you talked about that whole thing about how you had to repent because you apologized because you told the woman in the church to stop wearing skimpy clothing yes. because it was tempting the men. Yes. Now, yes, I agree. I think you should have apologized. I think yes. that's terrible. That was terrible. However, however, and I'm probably going to get canceled for this. I think that because we've for so long been, as women, um, blamed for the sexual sins of men historically within and outside of the church. The reaction recently has been, I can wear whatever I want and you do not get to tell me what to do. Um, It's your problem. It's your sin. I can do whatever I want. I think that's kind of become the response. Technically it's correct. I should be able to wear whatever. If I wanted to walk around naked, I should be able to walk around naked without having men attack me. This is 100% true. Yes. Should I be walking around completely naked and nude and a man should attack me? That is on them. I have not sinned. Yep, yep, yep. However, I do want to put it out there that as Christians, we're also called to be loving um, and to think about the good of the other. Yeah. And I do wonder if sometimes, because we've bec- we've re- we're reacting so hardcore to this history of oppression for women, yeah. now we're throwing away everything, even the mandate that we should try to be loving, 
um, by only enforcing our own rights. Yeah. I'm not sure how this is going to be received. I'm not saying we need to change the way we dress necessarily, but I don't think that the right attitude is I can do whatever I want and you don't get to tell me. Yeah, you, they don't get to tell us, but I think as people who have Jesus in our hearts and want to help our brothers, and you know what? If you have never heard this before, there are actual differences in the way sex is processed between men and women. Oh yeah, men are Men are significantly more visual. And so I don't think it's fair for me to say, it's not fair for me to say, well, I don't ever want to jump a man who's shirtless. So why do you feel the need to jump a woman who is shirtless? Yep. It's not the same. Yeah. You know, it's not the yep. same. And yep. I think, yep. you know, yep. yes, m- our brothers need to acknowledge the sin and the oppression and patriarchy and all of this sexism that has happened. But simultaneously, I think we should also have the ability to say, however, I will still as a loving sister to my brothers in the church, try to do my best not to let them stumble. I don't yep. know what that means exactly, yep. Yep. but I don't want to throw away that just in the enforcing of this is my right to yeah. do whatever I want. You know, because yes, right. there is a right, but there's also God calls us to be more than just yep. doing what is our right. God calls us to yeah. do what's loving. Yeah. You know, and so I just want to put that out there. If I get hate mail, I get hate mail. Yep. But um, I wanted to well, say thank that. you for that. You know, and but I, I also do believe, Sua, that uh, women, you know, are are becoming a lot more sexually liberated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, you know, uh, I don't know the recent statistics, but women are, are um, having, a, are committing adultery on their husbands um, very frequently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's as high as men do, husbands do, but I do believe wives and I do believe it's growing. The fastest porn uh, age uh, gender is definitely women rather mm-hmm. than men. I think, I think the men have saturated the market, but the women are just, they're becoming more and more addicted to We're- porn quote-unquote catching up yeah exactly so you know it's not to say that men are sort of like programmed like this and women aren't but you know i think it's just yeah i mean i think women are open to uh you know having sex with another man if she's married if she's emotionally connecting with someone but for a married man most of the times not all the time most of the times as long as you're pretty they'll just have sex with you. It doesn't matter. So I think for women- What a standard. Def- yeah, for, for I know, it's, it's not a great standard. It's, so for women, I think it requires a little bit more. Although I do have a friend um, who shared with me in the past, like they just, they're, he was traveling, met somebody just on the street, talked a little bit, and they just went and had sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was crazy. You know, like, okay, so she, she definitely wasn't emotionally attached to you. She just wants to get it out of her system. She was traveling mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. So she just wants to have sex. And then just, so I think women do have a desire mm-hmm, physically mm-hmm. for like that. The men do as well. So I'm not saying that women don't. But in any event, yeah. But I, I do feel like, you know, sex is truly a gift. God has given it to us so that we can practice it within the, within the institution of marriage. And when we do that, I think, Sue, you and I can both say that sex only gets better as mm-hmm. we get older. Mm-hmm because we are able to go deeper with our with our partner and 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 we just grow in deeper love and, and so ladies so apparently 40 is the age in which we reach our sexual nirvana ooh, ooh. this is Look you know you it's coming up for me in a few years oh, yeah. you know i hope john is prepared but i i don't know i read some studies and it says that the libido of a 40 year old woman is the same as a 20 year old man wow mm-hmm. so interesting well mm-hmm. you know my wife's almost 50 now <laughs> Uh, I don't so, know if I agree with that, but true? anyway, okay. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that, but yeah, she's a very interesting, peculiar, interesting woman, though, too. So who knows? But yeah, so maybe in a couple of years in this podcast, when we have like 10 million listeners, uh, Sua, you can give us 10 an update. Million? 10 million? Who knows? All right, who knows? Dream maybe big. when we have more listeners, uh, you could let us know if that's really true as you hit your 40s, if that's really happening, if you've reached your sexual nirvana. I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> no. Let us know. Let oh, us yeah. know. Yeah, I'll let you guys know. Well, listen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions or feedback, please, uh, uh, weekpastor.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're just so grateful that you tuned in today. Hopefully, you'll tune in again next week. Take care and have a good day. Bye. <laughs>